listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. With my new book on Thriving Out, a lot of people have asked me, how do I see the integration between a saving a marriage and how to thrive? And it's an interesting question. So let me just kind of tell you that when I started my writing project on marriage, I was really talking about how to have a great marriage. In fact, my thinking about thriving in life has been throughout my career. And so part of what I was trying to do in the beginning was move towards how to have a thriving marriage. And what I discovered is that the the principles that go into creating a thriving marriage are the same principles, different method, but same principles that go into having how you save a marriage that's in trouble. Because the same dynamics are behind any relationship, whether it's thriving and you're doing more of what you need to do or it's hurting and you need to start doing something, the same pieces are there. The, the pieces of a thriving relationship are in both camps. And so part of my starting point was how to have a thriving marriage. In fact, I have lots of people who grab my material, grab my save the marriage information <laughs> and use it in their marriage just to have a great marriage. In fact... I use, my wife and I use those ideas together in our own marriage. And so these are not like separate points. Sometimes people say, you know, I've been working on saving my marriage and it's gotten a little better. So now what do I do? And my response is, you probably are going to be doing more of what you've been doing, just not under crisis. So now let's go the other way. Let's take the ideas from my book, Thrive Principles, and talk about how they fit into how you save a marriage in crisis. Because one of the biggest pieces of being in a crisis is not that you can't thrive there, but you don't see how to thrive while you're there. You're so caught up in the crisis that sometimes you're moving against the thriving pattern. So just like the way you save a marriage, the same principles behind saving a marriage allow you to have a thriving marriage, what you do in a crisis allows you to thrive in life. They all fit together So today I wanted to bring in three very clear ideas that I think are bedrocks of how you thrive and how you deal with a marriage crisis. These are uh, taken from my ideas that I've put together in that that book, Thrive Principles. And by the way, if you're interested in that book, Thrive Principles, you can check it out at thethriveprinciples.com thethriveprinciples.com. So that's where this is coming from. And and we'll talk about it as the arc, A-R-C. It's the arc of how you approach this, your arc of working through your marriage crisis. So let's go through the arc. The first one, the A, is all about acceptance. And this is one of those that a lot of people struggle with because they say, so you want me to give up? No, acceptance is not giving up. So they say, oh, you want me to just admit defeat? No, it's not about admitting defeat. You want me to see that the marriage is over? Not at all. Acceptance is about recognizing where things are, where they really are, what's going on right now. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between acceptance and what happens a lot of the time. A lot of times we're in denial. We're pretending that things aren't the way they are. In fact, that is often the case 
at the beginning of a marriage crisis where one person thinks that, you know, maybe things aren't great, but they're okay. Maybe things aren't where they need to be, but you'll get back on track. Maybe things are hurting right now, but both of you are committed to the relationship. Maybe you see some signs of infidelity or something else, but you you try to rationalize it and make sense of it in a way that is in a place of denial. Then we get to a place of acceptance of where things are. A spouse says, I'm not happy. A spouse says, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. A spouse says, you know, I've been seeing somebody else. A spouse says, I don't want to be here anymore. All of those puncture the denial or should puncture the denial. And then you're in a struggle. And a lot of times the first response is, no, that's not true. And many people spend a lot of time pulling out old letters and messages and all these other things that are a spouse talking about how deeply and forever they love you. And they say, see, you just said that six weeks ago or a month ago or you know, a year ago. And, and so that can't be true. In other words, they don't want to accept what a spouse is saying. So let's redefine acceptance as not a destination point, but a current location. If you don't know where you are right now, you can't figure out how to get to where you want to be. So if you think about it, let's say you decide you want to go somewhere else, you you want to take a road trip. And so you decide that your road trip is at some distant location. Maybe you decide you're somewhere cold and you want to go somewhere warm, or, or maybe you're somewhere warm and you want to go somewhere cold. But either way, you choose a location. Wherever that location is, that's your destination. The map will do you no good unless you know where you're starting from. Unless you know your departure point, you're never going to be able to get to your arrival point, your location that you want to get to. And so part of what we're doing with acceptance is saying, this is where we are. This is a clear recognition of where we are. Now that I know where we are, I know how, what we do, need to do to get there. I know the destination. So let's say that your destination is not just saving a marriage because that's not my path. It's not just stopping a divorce, the legal process, but you're really about creating a marriage that both of you will treasure. You're really about trying to step into your best self. That's the destination. But in order to get there, you've got to be clear about where you're starting from. Every trip, every trail, everything starts from a location where you find yourself. Now, you might get lost as you wander through, but you've got to start at least knowing where you are right now. So acceptance is recognizing that this is where things are. Acceptance is not saying there's nothing I can do. Acceptance is not saying there's no way I can move forward. Acceptance is simply saying this is where we are. This is our starting point, not our ending point. Many times people confuse acceptance with an ending point when all it is is choosing your current location. (laughs) You know what happens when you pull out your phone and you you type in uh, some, some destination and then you can hit that little sign that says current location and it'll track the how to get to that new place. Well, this is that. It's not about the destination. It's about the current location. So the first necessary thing anywhere in life, including a marriage crisis, is acceptance to say this is where we are. Now, this fits in all other areas of life, too. I was working with somebody who uh, we were trying to get a handle on the financial state. And I said, so what is the debt you're carrying? And the person said, I don't know. I don't I don't I refuse to look at the bills. And I said, why do you refuse to look at the bills? And the person said, because it overwhelms me to see the number. And I said, so 
If you want to get away from that number, the, the, the amount of debt you have, don't you think we might need to know what that number is? Don't you think we need to know exactly what's going on now? Like how much is coming in and how much is leaving and how much is going into your, your deficit? How much is going into the debt? I had another person uh, I was working with, and I said, hey, you know, I'm noticing something that, that the color of your skin's not right, and, and your eyes don't look right. Have you seen a doctor? And the person said, no, I haven't seen a doctor. I said, have you noticed some things changing? And they said, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling really well. And I said, you need to see a doctor. And they said, oh, I don't want to see a doctor because I don't want to know what's going on. And I said, yeah, but you recognize that whatever is going on is already going on. Seeing a doctor is not going to change what's already going on, but it might change the outcome. You might, once you know what things really are, realize that you can move from there to a new place. It's the same in any process. Until we know where we are, we have no idea how to get to where we want to be. Even if we have a very clear idea of that destination, we might have a beautiful picture of that destination. You might have you know, a vision board of that destination, or you might have been journaling about that destination, but until you know where you are now, it's impossible to figure out the path from here to there. You don't know the highways to take. You don't know anything to do to get there from here. So the number one piece that has to happen in the midst of a marriage crisis is acceptance, not of the destination, but where you are right now, which brings us to R. R is all about responsibility, and this is a big piece of this. Responsibility is two words, response-ability, the ability to respond. The problem is responsibility, the word, ties us up because when we hear responsibility, we hear blame. Who's responsible for this? It triggers those feelings of being a child and some parent looking at some mess or some struggle or some fight or something that's happened and saying, who's responsible here? Which is another way of saying who's to blame here. Responsibility, the way I'm using it though, is responsibility, ability to respond. It's not about uh, what, what the blame is. There's plenty of blame to go around. In fact, one of the things I notice when couples are in crisis is they like to play the victim game. They like to see who can out-victim the other. That's the blame game, the victim game. So they each assume the role of victim, and they begin to track back further and further. So if you've heard yourself in that conversation where somebody will say, well, you did this, and you say, yeah, yeah, but before that you did this, and your spouse says, yeah, yeah, but before that you did this, and you track it all the way back, right? It keeps going back because you're in a race to be the victim. Who is going to be the bigger victim? That's about blame. Who gets the finger pointed at them for where you are? The problem is, there's plenty of blame to point at with both people because none of us get through life without making some bad choices and, and bad moves. That's just the nature of living. Responsibility turns that around. Instead of looking back and saying, where have you been? What caused this? You say, where can I go? How can I be different? How can I be, be responding in a different way? And here's the magic of humans. We have choices in what we do. Animals run on instinct. Animals do what their instincts tell them to do most of the time. As far as we know, there's not a lot of conversations between animals about what's going on and what's the deeper meaning of life and, and how they need to move forward. It's more about 
responding in that moment, reacting in that moment. It's more about having that, that kind of the background data field, either through DNA or experience, that tells you you need to be on alert at that moment. You need to have some reaction at that moment, but not choosing the response. Humans are different. Just like you and I can have this conversation together about what's possible, we have the capacity of deciding which way we want to respond anytime in the future. So you may look back and you say, you know, I really don't like the way I've been acting towards my spouse, how I've been reacting to my spouse's words or actions. You can choose a different response. You can choose to apologize. You can choose to take responsibility. You can even choose to say, you know what, for all those things back there, I see where I played a role and I want to do different. So responsibility Another cornerstone is being able to choose a response going forward, not looking back. There's plenty back there, but not looking back, but moving forward, how we want to move forward in the process. It's kind of like if a house is on fire and you're in that house, you see the flames, it's probably not the best time to be standing around and asking, who's to blame here? Who caused this fire? It's probably the best time to say, how can I get myself and other loved ones and any valuables I can out of here before we're all in trouble. If you notice, there are a lot of times when couples in the midst of their house burning up, their relationship going down in flames, stand there and point at each other and say, this is your fault. This is your fault. This is your fault, which gets them no movement forward. In fact, this is where often therapy gets dragged down. Two people pointing fingers at each other saying, this is your fault, rarely moves the relationship to anywhere new. It just keeps rehashing what's already been there. My colleague Jack Canfield has this formula for this. He calls it E plus R equals O. E plus R equals O. What he means is the event plus your response equals the outcome. The event is something external to you over which you may have some pieces in it, but it's, it's happening to you. It's the external event around you. R is your response, how you choose to act in that situation, and that leads to the outcome. Many times we have this belief that the event happens and we have nothing to do with it and it just leads straight to the outcome. Many times we believe that we get to choose everything and that's the outcome. And in reality, the event plus response equals the outcome, and it's, it's a balancing point. So if you're not getting the outcome you want... But you can't change the event. You can always change your response. You can always change that piece to change the outcome. E plus R equals O is the formula for responsibility. To say, how can I respond differently? How is my ability to respond now different? C is for control. Control is looking at where you actually do have control. And here's the irony of life. We often spend a lot of time trying to control the things we cannot control while we don't do anything about the things we can control. We spend a lot of time trying to control other people and trying to control events around us and trying to control the circumstances over which we can't. We have ourselves where we can control. In fact, I would tell you that there are three places that you have control. You have control of your attitude, your aspirations, and your actions. Attitude, aspirations, and actions. 
So let's start with the aspirations. I believe that there are two parts in your mind going on at the same time. There's your fear and your aspirations, and they, they are balance pieces. Notice that I didn't say you can control your fears. Fears pop up automatically. It's just kind of what your mind does. It's trying to, to point out things that are important to kind of keep you focused, to, to get your attention, to get you out of danger. That's what fear does, and, and it's going to pop up. There's nothing we can do to make you fear less, but we can make you courageous. And the difference is that when you feel fear, you can still choose action, right? So fear is an automatic response in your mind. Aspirations, though, are where you want to go. You can choose your aspirations, your dreams, your hopes, what you aspire to, what you hope for in your life, in your relationship. Those are all your choices. And you can point your way in that direction. So we can't stop the fears, but the aspirations often pull us beyond our fears, When we choose our aspiration, we can leave that fear behind a little bit. We can move towards something we would rather have than to be stuck and paralyzed by the fear. So we have control of our aspirations. We just have to claim them. We also have control of our attitude. Now, I'm not meaning that you should always be upbeat and happy. That's not what I mean by attitude. Your attitude is about whether you believe that you can take something on. You can always choose your attitude. When I taught scuba with my uh, buddy, uh, he would talk about having a positive mental attitude. Ray's idea was that all we expected from a student was for them to give it a shot, to talk to themselves in ways that says, I can do this. I will do my best to get through this. Really, that's the definition of confidence, to decide you will take on and figure out what you need to to move forward. So you can choose your attitude. There is an attitude that you might have of going, I can't do this. I'm not capable of this. I don't know what to do. I'm frozen in place. Or you may choose the positive mental attitude of saying, I will take this on. I will do my best to figure this out. I can handle this. That's your attitude. Then there are your actions. What you do. We all get to choose our actions. How we talk to people how we act towards people, how we act towards ourselves, what we do in our life. We all choose our actions. Now, a lot of times people don't like to admit that. I've had people say, I can't help it. You know, somebody kind of pushed me a little bit too far. And so I finally had to respond. There's no way I could have not. And my first question is, would you have done that in front of anyone? I had a client who kept getting into fights and he said, hey, I can't help it. You know, they keep pushing my buttons and, and finally I just haul off and hit them. And I'll ask, would you do that in any situation? And he said, what do you mean? I said, I mean, if it was a police officer pushing your button, would would you do that? I mean, they're armed. If it was a judge in court, would you do the same thing? He said, of course not. And I said, well, that's my point. You can always choose your actions. We always choose our actions. We might pretend that we don't. But part of responsibility is recognizing that we do truly choose our actions. And we can choose different actions. Now, notice what's outside of this. You can't choose what your, your spouse has, has in aspirations or fears. You, you, you don't have any capacity of choosing where your spouse wants to go. You can't choose to make your spouse responsible because usually that's about making them at blame. And you can't choose the actions of a spouse. You can't choose that for anyone else. But you can for yourself. You have the capacity of choosing your attitude, your aspiration, and your action. So let's remind ourselves of the arc that makes such a difference in how we go through a marriage crisis. The arc of acceptance, 
responsibility, and control. Now, if you need a plan in place in order to get behind that, to understand the dynamics in play that you need to address, I would invite you to grab my Save the Marriage system. This is a great time to be doing that. You know, we're, we're kind of coming up on the end of a year. We're into the holiday season. It's a great time to say, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously and get this focus for the new year. You can go to savethemarriage.com, or if you want to jump to the front of the line and just grab it, just go to savethemarriage.com slash grab, and you can grab my system. Now, when you grab my system, I'm going to give you an offer, a couple of things. First of all, I'll give you a free session. As long as you're in the United States, we promise you a free session with one of my coaches. If you're elsewhere, we do our best to fit that in. It's a little harder with with you know places other places on the globe, but we do our best. But I promise it for people in the U.S., that, that's a get started session. It's 15 to 20 minute session just so my coaches can make sure that you're headed in the right direction. At the same time, I'll give you a free week of the VIP program. You just have to sign up for it when you have that opportunity as you're going through the process. That free week of VIP can allow you to get more training and more tools and get some questions answered along the way. You just have to take advantage of it. It's waiting for you. This is where you have to say, do I take the responsibility on? Am I going to decide that here's where I am? This is the acceptance level. I am right here and I need some assistance. That's accepting that. You take responsibility for figuring out the next action. And then we talk about what you can control and how to move that forward. The principles I use are based on building a connection, which is the lifeblood of a marriage. And that brings us back to the beginning. Connection is how you build a great marriage. It's also how you fix a broken marriage. If that's of interest, remember, check it out at savethemarriage.com or savethemarriage.com slash grab if you're just ready to jump on in. Otherwise, I wish you the best as you continue to work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.